I think we need to put this one behind us because, again, the chances were there. It's easy to say that as a defender, but as a leader of this team, you got to finish some of those chances and come out of here with a point. It's also really important that all the young kids know that I can actually make it wherever I'm born. So whenever you have a case coming through the ranks, use him as your example. Hello everyone, this is Rapids play-by-play announcer Richard Fleming with the latest Rapids podcast, which this week has a slightly different feel to it. We've got an interview with US men's head coach Jurgen Klinsmann to come. We also find out how technology is aiding Rapids coaches. But just to let you know, main host David Lindholm has been with the team in Chicago this week, so it's down to yours truly to walk you through what has been, I think it's fair to say, an interesting last few days. Defeat last weekend to San Jose, in which Atiba Harris was sent off. On Monday, news that club legend Pablo Mastroeni would be traded to LA Galaxy. On Tuesday, word came that both head coach Oscar Perea and midfielder Henry Thomas would also sit out the midweek trip to Chicago through suspension. This after a sitting of the MLS Disciplinary Committee, but uh, don't get me started on that one. And then, of course, a frustrating first road trip in the series of three with a 2-1 loss at Chicago Fire. And that's where we'll start at Toyota Park. Deshaun Brown with his third goal of the season. Mike McGee levelled from the spot for the home side before Austin Berry headed what was a rather dubious winner. Rapid skipper Drew Moore spoke afterwards with David Linhoff. Yeah, I think it's disappointing, you know. Um... You know, you come into a tough place to play, and you start the first 15 minutes very well. Um, you know, get the early goal. You know, gr- great hustle from Deshorn, and you come out and you lose that game, and you just kind of scratch your head. You know, because I thought you know Chicago played well. They probably had better possession, but in terms of chances, I thought we had the clear better chances. And it's disappointing to uh, to go away with nothing. It's a couple games now where you haven't gotten the result, given up two goals. Um, what do you think the team is lacking on that defensive end that, that needs to be corrected? Yeah, you know, I think just a little bit of concentration, a little bit of organization, which which ultimately is down to me. But, um, you know, we just need to get on the same page again. And, uh, you know, we had the little break, and we were playing extremely well before the break. And, um, you know, the last two games, we just haven't been organized enough. You know, I don't think Marvin and I have been on the same page. Just as, you know, the back four unit just hasn't been organized enough. And um, we need to get back on the same page because when we are, we're a very strong defensive team. Um, the entire unit is, and uh, it just wasn't there tonight. Teams had a lot of changes. Lineups had changes. You got Jaime Castrion back. Martin leaves with an injury. You're missing Shane O'Neill. What, what does that do for you guys? How do you, how do you overcome that? Yeah, it shouldn't change anything. You know, we we train during the week. You know, for situations like that, um, the lineup has had to be, you know, be different at different times this year because of the bodies that have been injured and the guys that that we've been missing through injury. But that's, you know, that's why we train. You know, we're always. Uh, you know, mixing it up in training so everybody gets on the same page. And, you know, so that's that's not an excuse, having injured guys or, or you know, shifting lineup lineups. You know, we're all on the same page, and, and we need to be in it, and we just weren't good enough tonight with it. Quick turnaround, a uh, game in Portland in just a couple of days. What do you guys do to put this one behind you or to do you focus on the, the mistakes that were made here? How do you how do you get ready for that game on, on Sunday? You know, I, I think, you know, the second time in a row we, we have a quick turnaround after a disappointing result. Uh, you know, I think we need to put this one behind us. Um, you know, because again, the chances were there. You know, it's it's easy to say that as a defender, but as a leader of this team, you got to finish some of those chances and come out of here with a point. Um, but put put it behind us. A tough game in Portland against a team who's playing extremely well right now at their place. Um, we got to go in there and we got to give it everything we have. Um, you know, 
we won't have a different mentality than we do any game. We're, we're going in to get three points. Drew Moore there with David Lindholm. Well, the Rapids, of course, are in Portland this Sunday. It's on NBC Sports. We'll also have coverage locally on Mile High Sports Radio. Now, the USA senior side clocked up another vital victory this week in their quest to qualify for next year's World Cup in Brazil. The U-20s are in Turkey competing in their World Cup. The side includes Rapids defender Shane O'Neill. Dylan Cerner, of course, has also been involved with the national squad this year. A few weeks back, I managed to speak with Jürgen Klinsmann, who's fully aware of how important youth development is going forward. It's very, very important to start bringing the players through our academy systems in MLS. And this is a, a wonderful example. So, um, you know, we want to dig deeper into that topic. We want to develop uh, younger and younger talents. And, uh, and I think we're on the right track. It will take some time, but, you know, with every player coming through the ranks, it's, it's big. And the emergence of, of local players and the development of soccer in Colorado, is that the future of Major League Soccer? Absolutely. It's the future of, of soccer everywhere in the world is to develop local talent uh, because it's not only a commitment to the community and and to the fan base and to the people around it. It's, it's also really important that all the young kids know that I can actually make it wherever I'm born, you know, and this is a, a wonderful example. So whenever you have a case coming through the ranks, um, you know, use them as your example. And we've seen it with so many of the great academies, Ajax and Barcelona. Fans can identify with local players as well, that those that have come through the system. I think this is very important. I, I think it's very important for the fans that they see their own kind of people uh, coming through and, and uh, putting their stamp on, on their club and it gives far more identity with, uh, with the club and, and it's, it's really important. What about the youth systems? Colorado have got a, a fully funded youth system here. Um, what does that do to help the sport in the US, the growth of the sport, not just for the sport in general but for, for MLS and, and for the US soccer scene? I think it's crucial. It's crucial that we here in America, they say scholarship, you know, the youth programs, it's, it's vital, you know, to catch up with the rest in the world, but it's, it's, it's just a, a normal thing that everything is basically for free when you come through the sports system. And, uh, um, and, and therefore, now this big step with the introduction of U.S. soccer academy programs and the introduction of the academies and all MLS teams, uh, we've done a big, big step altogether. And now it's, uh, um, it's about going deeper, going younger, um, and help these kids uh, to play as often as they can on a consistent base, regular soccer throughout the entire year um, and, and help them to catch up with, with other countries. You say catch up with other countries. I know there's this big plan of Major League Soccer about it being the fifth biggest league by, by 2022. Is that a, an important part of that aspect of having homegrown talent and good youth systems? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, after 10, 15 years you will s certainly see some some tremendous results. I'm, I'm very confident about that. I think uh, MLS needs to be um, confident and very, very ambitious. I mean, obviously this plan is very ambitious, but this is American. I mean, uh, you know, this is the way people look at it here and they, they have a vision and they go for it, you know, and that's why you see now in MLS after just 17, 18 years with 19 teams, soccer-specific stadiums like this beautiful arena here in Denver, and, uh, uh, and more and more people buying into it, you know, five, six soccer channels out there, the media is buying into it. So this only, not even in two decades, this is unbelievable. And therefore, once you now dig deeper and develop your own talent and scholarship that, that, that talent base, then you will get results. And we talk about taking the next step in sport, the next level. 
um, for you? Is it about homegrown players? Is it about links with supporters, clubs? And, and, and what for you would be a sign that, that there is success and, and those aims are being achieved? Well, on ev in, in, in every topic that we're discussing it uh, pretty much on a daily basis, you know, if it's, if it's player development, you know, developing our home uh, talent, if it's the connection to coaches' education, we have to educate our coaches, we have to make sure they know what they're doing out there, parents' education, you know, um, raise their awareness more and more in the media as well, then obviously the locomotive of all this is the, the national team. So we have to do well, we have to qualify for the World Cup, we have to make the game on the big stage really kind of fun to watch for the people. And uh, so on many different fronts you want to see progress and that's what we are we're trying to do. Jürgen Klinsmann talking to me on youth soccer in the States. Other notable news from Dick's Sporting Goods Park this week. The club is hosting the French Football Federation, as well as representatives from the other 18 MLS clubs. It's an elite coaching clinic. The Rapids under-16s, meanwhile, are in Dallas next week, competing in the Development Academy playoffs. They're in Group 2 of 8, alongside Baltimore Bay's Chelsea, CASL Chelsea FC Academy and Revolution Empire. Playoff action starts Monday, June the 24th at FC Dallas Park in Frisco. Now technology is playing a greater role in the sport of soccer as we know whether it's on the playing or medical side. Well this season the Rapids coaching staff led by Paul Caffrey have been assisted by MyCoach, a device developed by Adidas. The Rapids players push themselves to the limit each and every day and at altitude. In the past training a team was a collective exercise but not anymore. There's a new piece of technology which allows coaches to monitor each individual player more closely. I think it's been great. First of all, it's, it's an actual vest, and so it's not just a strap, you know, that you have to keep pulling up and, and playing with, you know, during games and uh, in training sessions. And, it, and it's in the back as well, which is good. In the past, it's been in the front, so when you would chest control the ball... Um, it would hurt at least me. I know. I don't know about the other guys, but no, it's it's been great so far this year, and the numbers have really uh, helped Paul and and the coaching staff adjust training sessions accordingly. Colorado Rapids defender Drew Moore, primarily used in training, the entire squad wears a vest underneath their jersey. That vest has a sleeve at the top of the back into which a chip is inserted. This collects data sent to it via a GPS sensor and a heart monitor, all built into the lining of the clothing. The area that it really helps with is, again, when you try to think about the, the optimal level of training. So you're not overloading somebody. And when you don't overload somebody, then there's obviously less risk of injury. So there's a, co a component that does that component to it. There's also the component of, yes, you will have more stamina, you will have more um, or be able to play with more intensity more often if you can get those daily prescriptions correct. And the numbers help you get those daily prescriptions correct. Paul Caffrey is an assistant coach with the Rapids. He's the one putting the players through their paces during training and is wary of striking just the right balance in order to have the players at their peak on match day. MLS trialled the technology at last year's All-Star game and launched it league-wide at the start of this season. For senior players such as Moore, it's allowed them to marry instinct with technology and get the perfect blend. I'm more of a natural guy. If I feel like I need some rest, then I'll say I need some rest. Um, if I don't, then you know I, I won't ask for rest. But it's certainly good to see those numbers. I know, um, you know, the league is is pushing for um, 
uh, you know, uh, strength and conditioning coaches are pushing for it. Um, it's certainly not a bad reference to have. Um, it's not going to change anything dramatically, I don't think, which is important because, like I said, we know we know our bodies. We know uh, how we feel. It's going to change week in and week out, but it's, it's a good reference to have. And once the session is over, then the cells will get... At the end of practice each day, the players remove their individual chip. The data is then uploaded to a computer program for analysis. It's Caffrey's job to sift through the numbers, which he does from the comfort of his office. I can come down here and look at the exact numbers, but on the chart it will give me the workload I did for the day, the heart rate response for that work, total distance they covered if that's something we want to look at that day, and then how many meters of that total distance was covered at high intensity. Because a huge component of soccer is the ability to change pace and change speeds. Two players might cover 7,000 meters, and one player is covering 1,500 meters of high intensity, and the other player is covering maybe only 100. And is that something that is a desired effect, or we do, need, do we need that player to come and do some extra work to make sure he's getting enough um, distance covered at high intensity? So for the coaches, a tool with which to assist rather than dictate their training methods, with the hope being that fitness levels are greater, the risk of injury is reduced, as is the danger of burnout come the business end of the season. You know, obviously rosters have increased so much since the beginning of the, uh, of the league because you realize it's a long season and it's, it's a physical game right now, especially MLS. You know, it's a bunch of big, athletic, uh, physical guys, um, and it's important to, to keep guys as healthy as possible, to get those numbers, whether the players want it or not, whether the coaches want it or not, um, because it will adjust your, your training session and uh, resting guys here and there, and uh, it's, it's, it's just good to have. Interesting stuff, and my thanks to Paul Caffrey and Drew Moore. Well, that's about it for this week. We're hoping normal service will resume next week when David Lindholm will be back in the chair ahead of the trip to Montreal. Don't forget, this weekend it's Portland away live on NBC Sports and Mile High Sports Radio. The viewing party, by the way, is at the Celtic Tavern. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye for now.